Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, being professional working from home. Here we go. Well, when you travel to the office every day and you have to put up with commutes, working from home sounds like nirvana to people. It does. It totally does. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not quite as good as you might think it might be. Yeah. In fact, I, we, we've done some casts recently on, on manager tools about about you know distant folks. And, I, and part of the reason we're doing this, folks, is that we believe that at the same time that managers are not doing a good job of managing distant employees, and there are better things you can do. We also think there are plenty of reasons why companies are saying, you know, let's keep people distant if we can save cost. And all this technology exists to make it easy. And we've got some confluences working against us here where the companies are saying, yeah, it's okay if you want to telecommute, while at the same time discovering their telecommuters are not being terribly effective. But we've got to give advice, right? This is career tools. We've got to talk to people about how to be professional when they're at home. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So in this cast, we're going to go over some of the practical and career considerations, whether you're working from home for a day or even on a long-term basis, some things to consider to, to, so it works better for you and it works well for folks back in the office. Yeah. And in fact, you mentioned the point about it's nirvana if people are home and, you know, you and I don't happen to commute, although I'm on the road a great deal. So it's a different kind of commute. And there's a great deal to like about it. On the other hand, it's reminiscent. You know, some of our guidance is reminiscent of the book we read recently, The War of Art, where they asked that writer, I can't remember who it was, you know, how do you find inspiration every day? He says, well, I find inspiration every time I sit down at my desk at nine o'clock every morning to do my job, which is to say right. to work, right? Exactly. And, and and there's a certain discipline and professionalism that if you'll put in place some simple things that we're going to recommend in this cast, you will improve your productivity and you'll still get the benefits of being at home to say nothing of the reduced commute, obviously. So, We've got four recommendations. They're kind of big picture, but we'll drill down on each one of them. Number one, you got to make sure your technology works. Um, if you're not a technology person, then you, you're going to need to spend some time on that and make sure it works. And that's, you know, particularly if you're not a normal traveler who has a laptop that you take for granted. Number two, look, the big recommendation here is you've got to act as if you're in the office. You've got to believe you're in the office. And of course, if you've listened to us for a while, you've heard me say it before, the root word, the root of the word believe is to act as if. So we want you to believe you're in the office without the commute. And that means being on time. It means working your full hours. It means working at a desk uh, the way you would at the office. We also recommend point three, that you be extra productive. There's some recommendations there. And then number four, out of sight, out of mind, folks, like it or not, you're going to have to work harder on relationships. It's one thing if you're only in, you know, at home one day a month, that then it probably doesn't matter unless you don't go to an office because you're traveling the other 29 days, if you will. But if you're out of the office on a regular basis or you're working from home one day a week and you're traveling the days a week, you've got to work harder on relationships. And as we know, Horseman's First Law, it's all about people. And Horseman's Second Law, more communication is better. Those two things relate to relationships. You've got to work on them. Agreed. Okay. So your, your first point was about technology. I guess we have to talk about that because when you're working in the office, invariably, right, you switch on a desktop 
It's connected to the network. It turns on. You get your email. Everything works. All your passwords work. Everything just works fine. And your first day working away from the office at home doesn't necessarily go quite as smoothly as that sometimes. Yeah, I think um, for a lot of folks who are listening, they take for granted their IT ability, their technical ability, their laptop ability, their their Windows 7 ability, their Microsoft Office abilities, and so on. And so you may not agree with this, but but remember, our cast reaches a wide audience. And for non-IT people out there, for non-technically inclined people, working from home is going to be a bit more difficult than that. There are plenty of people that we know who have a professional work set up at work. And when they come home, they're not the technical person in the house. And they trust that the laptop or the desktop that everybody uses is on and working. And the idea of a VPN, the virtual private network, the idea of FTPing something or or using security to get in behind the firewall at work, those things are not as easy. Okay, so we're going to ask those of you who are more technical to be patient for a few minutes while we go over some basics for the non-IT folks. The idea here being you need to make sure that you're going to be productive as soon as you start working from home. And look, if you're really excited about people, about about getting time working from home, and that's great. We want you to do that. Mike and I can both recommend it, although the one of the downsides of it, which will come up in another cast, is drawing a clear line, right? And not just working all the time at home, right? Not that you and I might actually do that, Mike, right? I mean, you don't do that. No, I don't, no, we don't, no, 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 <laughs> no. We're just saying as a, you know, we're just saying potentially that could be a problem for some people. Uh, yeah. I, hey, honey, I just need to run to the office just for a second. I'll be right back. Sure. Yeah, yeah. that never happens. Yeah, never happens goes, to me. Anyway. Goes, what time do you come to bed? No. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so look, uh, um, but that said, you you don't want your first day working from home to to be a day you're setting up technology, okay? If your boss is smart, she's going to expect you to be effective day one. That means you've got to do a little advanced work. So presumably there's a laptop involved. You know, frankly, if you think everybody in the developed world has used a laptop, you're wrong. If you've never used a laptop before and you need somebody how to show how to show you how to turn it on, where the mouse is, don't be afraid to ask the IT person who gives it to you. Folks, I got to tell you, I mean, over and over and over again, I don't know how many situations in life I hear this thing of, I didn't want to ask, and yet everybody says in hindsight, oh gosh, please just ask, right? Let yeah. the IT person lord their superior knowledge over you and say, oh, well, pat you on the head and say, let me explain, Mr. Silly Person, right? The person from the Luddite world of the 1950s or night heck, 1990s or something like that. Make sure they explain it to you. How to boot up, you know, where the control alt delete keys are, all those kind of things. If you've got security for the laptop, how to use the USB security, how to use the the, the fingerprint security, all that kind of stuff. Now, if you're saying to yourself, well, gee, that might take a little while. Yeah, maybe what you need to do is if you're going on a two-week trip and then you're going to start working from home, you better talk to the IT people bef- before you go on that trip. Yeah. Or yeah. you you better show up in the office the day your first day you're supposed to be working and you better make that an IT day where you have an IT person actually explain all this stuff to you. Now, some of you may be saying, oh, well, I, I use my own laptop. Okay, fine. That's great. Just make sure that your laptop can, in fact, do what you want it to do. I'll never forget somebody, a guy I know really, really well, at 3M, actually, a friend of mine who worked in, in Austin for 3M, great company, had a laptop, always had it tethered at the office, left the office, started working from home because he was commuting between Austin and San Jose, and uh, his family was moving. And the first time he booted up the laptop, it wouldn't it wouldn't log in. And the reason why is he'd been hardwired into the network inside the firewall at the company and had never asked, 
you know, when I take my laptop, because they were they, they had given him a laptop as his desktop rather than, a, 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 you know, a thin client or something like that, uh, a, a desktop type uh, um, piece of hardware. He literally couldn't do anything on a laptop until he went back to the head office, got a card, got an upgrade, got got some um, network stuff put in, a network card put in there that would allow it to, to log in externally. The laptops that they gave the Salesforce we're already equipped with that, but his was an internal laptop. And he said to me, I didn't even know there's such a thing as internal laptop. And I said, dude, I didn't know either, but I would have at least asked, does this thing work outside of the office? If it never been out of the side of the office, if you'd never taken it home before, he said, and when he picked it up from the desk, there was dust all over around it. I'm like, okay, there's a sign that right. for all intents and purposes, it was a, it was a desktop. Yeah. If you want to spend hours wasted at home, th- this is a place to do it, right? Connecting to the network. That's I don't know, well, first place yeah. people have problems. So look, if you've never done it before, get an IT person. They'll do it. Get one of them to go somewhere with you that is not on your normal the network. The, the Starbucks, yes. you know, across the street or somewhere where you can plug into the network, however you're going to do it at home, and have them walk you through it and make sure that you can connect from outside the office. Yeah. And I promise you, there are people who say, well, if I just unplug, right, then I'll just be able to log in. Well, of course, there's probably Wi-Fi at the office, right? Company-sponsored Wi-Fi, and you it's probably inside the firewall. You literally have to leave, right? You need instructions for how to log in from home. There are se- probably separate logins from home than there are inside the firewall, okay? Uh, you may need a token. You may need a, a totally different login. There may be two logins, one to log into the system, one to log into your part of the network, Okay. Make sure you need you have all the software you need. Tell somebody, I'm going to be working from home. Is this laptop or is this piece of material, this piece of equipment, is it set up to work outside of all the firewalls? If you use specialized accounting software, and there are a lot of offices that are now using thin clients, and the thin client doesn't have a lot of software. When I say thin client, it's not a full piece of, uh, uh, it's not a hardware, desk, it's not a desktop piece of hardware. It's got basically a motherboard in there. It doesn't have a hard drive with all of the, computer programs that you use stored on it, those computer programs are stored on a server somewhere and you access the server with that hardware, with that software over the network. And you may not have the bandwidth in order to log into those systems from home or from a distant location, depending upon whether you're not on Wi-Fi or whether you're hardwired or whether you've got dial-up from your house. And so you need to ask whether or not the software that you normally use, design is design software is a big one, purchasing software is a big one, accounting software is a big one. Those are not on a standard corporate laptop, and, and they're often not on a typical corporate thin client uh, on a desktop. I guess this dates this cast, Mike, but you know if your if your desktop at your office is you know no bigger than six or seven inches tall and an inch or two wide, it's probably a thin client. I'm, I'm not going to swear to that. Five years from now, we're going to be laughing at that 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 uh, uh, characterization. But you've got to make sure you've got the hardware and software. Ideally, you've got an IT person who probably will look down their nose at you a little bit, and if they give you what you want, let them look down their nose at you. No offense, IT people. Sorry. Okay? (laughs) Um, Now, look, once you know you have everything you need to work at home, you need to check that it works. Take home the laptop. Take home the external number for IT support. Be prepared for things not to work, not because they won't work, but because that way, if they do work, you won't be snapping at the IT people. Look, I, I, I said once that some of the friends you need internally in your company, you need a friend in HR. You need somebody in accounting. And folks, you need, some, you need a friend at the help desk, okay, uh, for IT support. 
So you need the external phone number for IT support. You can't just pick up your home phone and dial 552 and have IT support, the tech support desk pick up, right? <laughs> um, yeah. you, you won't get through. It just won't work. A couple of days before, you know, call IT support, make sure that's the number you're going to need to use externally. And hopefully, before you ever start working on your first official day in your, quote, home office, unquote, make sure you've got these technical problems worked out, Okay. You've got to try to log in to the corporate network. You've got to make sure your email loads, that you can you can download mail. You may not understand at all how the mail system works, whether it's IMAP or POP or all that kind of stuff. If you don't know what those things are, I don't either. I just know it makes me sound like I know something more than you. But if you don't know <laughs> what that is, it probably means you don't know what, what mail system your network uses and you need to be sure what your protocols are. And it, it's not important if you're a marketing person that you know all this stuff. It's important that this stuff works for you and you don't need to know it, but you need to know somebody who does know it. Okay, and, and uh, Mike, this is a good time for me to apologize. I, we're, we're doing this, uh, another uh, podcast recorded while I'm on the road. I know the, the, the sound is not great, folks. We apologize for that. We continue to look for even better recording systems. Um, we know that you guys like the quality of our recording, and I'm at O'Hare Airport, and uh, a large uh, uh, 777, I think, just took off over me. So if you heard that background noise, we apologize. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that since we're talking about making sure your technology works well. So. Yeah, that is. That's right. A little bit, little, uh, very, very good. Yeah, very good. Good. Um, good. Look, there are internet sites at the company that you can only access from your corporate locations. You may need an exception to access, access certain sites on the website uh, in terms of your company. A lot of this stuff makes a lot of sense security wise and makes it harder for us day to day. And you just got to learn to work around it. Simple as that. Then the last point, you know, a lot of this obviously is computer hardware and software, but the last part of making sure your technology works is to make sure you've redirected your telephone or that you've appropriately changed how people interact with you telephonically. If there's voicemail, if you have a voicemail number at the office, it's either got to go to voicemail and you've got to get a notification that you have a voicemail or it's got to be forwarded to a number if your company allows that or your voicemail out of change and say, you're welcome to leave a voicemail here. I only check it once a day. If you want to get with me directly, here's my cell phone line. If you haven't been given a cell phone to work from home, make sure you have an agreement to have your home phone costs covered. Make sure you know how to call in. Make sure you have appropriate corporate numbers, which of course, with the short dials that so many use uh, internally in, in a given corporate headquarters, you need outside external uh, dial-in information. Good. Now, you know, being at home is not an excuse to lower your standards in any respect. Yeah, but people do, right? I mean, that's your whole point, right? People do. Well, people do, right. And so what we recommend is that you act as if you're in the office. And that applies in a, in a, in a lot of different ways, which we'll, we'll cover here. Yeah. L look, in many places, it's still a privilege and not a right to work from home. There are places where it's essentially a right where they're trying to encourage people to work from home. But if you want to keep the privilege of working at home and saving yourself the commute, then whatever you do, don't abuse it. Now, I have to tell you, it's a simple rule, and that's keep your boss happy. But we're going to distill that down into specific things you can do that will increase the chances that your boss is happy. And keep in mind the two rules, keep your boss happy and out of sight, out of mind. And your boss won't necessarily be happy just because she doesn't see you. Okay. Now, look, there are many environmental factors which in, in exist in the office which increase your productivity. If you walk into a set of cubicles that you work in and every single person is working 
at their cube quietly. That will cause you much more likely to sit down and start working. If everybody's sitting around John, you're likely to join the, the, the jaw fest, right? Having peop other people around to notice what we're doing increases the chances that we're going to do what we're supposed to do. The fact that you literally change your location indicates to your brain it's time to work. There's less personal distractions like laundry, I hate to say it, but literally like laundry, okay? Like children. Look, we're glad you have kids. Kids are great. They're better than work, and they're a distraction when you're getting paid to work, okay? All those environmental factors, like the lack of personal distractions and so on, don't exist at home. And so acting as if to believe you're in the office, that mindset will help you be much more productive, Okay. Now, those of us who have worked from home, right, me and you, and, and now Maggie and Wendy as well, they'll assure you, we'll totally assure you, the attraction of working on the sofa in your pajamas wears off very quickly. Yeah, almost immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's uncomfortable, right? and it's yeah. I, you know, you're sitting here on the couch, and you have it. all these these papers spread around, and at some point, you just feel scummy for not having <laughs> for not having washed or or changed your clothes or whatever it, it you know for those of you who haven't done it before it sounds you know it sounds like nirvana like i said earlier but we don't mean to be a killjoy here but it ain't all it's cracked up to be yeah now i will tell you that i actually like sitting on the couch to have longer conversations um although you know, if I were an executive in a large corporation, I'd probably have a couch in my office and I'd probably sit on a lot, although I'd probably have a very long phone cord, a very long pigtail card cord on my phone in my office, or I'd do a lot of the phone calls on my cell phone. That said, I have found uh, people seem to be surprised in my little town that they come to my office, which is a separate uh, separate building on my property, and they, they find me at 8.30 in the morning dressed for work. You know, I admit jeans and flip-flops and a dress shirt, but they come in at, at somebody stops by my house for a signature or or FedEx dress by, and I'm at my office, and I'm working. I'm on the phone, and and I have friends that come by that stop by in the middle of the day say, hey, do you want to go to lunch? It happens rarely, but it does happen, and they're stunned that I look at them, and I'm, I point to the phone like, I'm on the phone, and acting as if you're in the office as opposed to thinking, oh, it's going to be, you know, we're going to have all kinds of free time. You're, it actually increases your need to be disciplined and arranging in some simple things about your discipline will increase the chances you'll get to keep the privilege and you'll enjoy it even more, right? Yeah, absolutely. So our first rule is be on time. The first temptation, I mean, literally the first temptation that almost all of us can tell you we felt is, well, you know, the normal commute time, you get to you know, sleep in. You get to, as Wendy would say, you get to have a lion, right? It feels good to watch the, the clock tick past the time you'd normally get up and essentially say, wow, I, you know, I can kind of take it easy for an extra half an hour or something like that. The problem is you think, okay, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. And then basically, yeah, you've gotten some more sleep time, although it's really not sleep time. And then suddenly you realize, wow, you know what? I, I'd normally be in the office by now and I'm not being terribly effective. You're not washed. You're not changed. You haven't got yourself set up. And the early bird is already calling and you're not ready. And whose fault is that? It's ours. It's yours for being unprepared. So the simple answer is you've got to learn to be on time. Starting the day in a rush and feeling disorganized isn't good for anybody. 
And in fact, what we recommend, what Mike and I can recommend, what Wendy, I'm sure, would recommend, Maggie might as, might as well, too, is that part of the joy from of working from home, folks, is that you can get up at the same time. You can maybe move a little more slowly. Maybe you can spend another minute enjoying your morning coffee. Maybe you can see your kids off to school. But make sure you're still ready to start work on time or actually a few minutes early. And I got to tell you something, folks. This is a huge issue. If the boss calls you at 9.01 and you sound flustered and say, I haven't been able to log in yet, or you don't sound totally crisp as if it was you've already talked to somebody else that morning, the boss says, the boss thinks to himself, my guy hasn't started his day yet, right? Literally, what have I gotten myself into? I thought I was giving him a bonus, and how does he repay my bonus? The way he repays my generosity is he sleeps in. Not exactly a high performer, a guy who chooses to sleep in. Should I bring him back? Did I make a mistake? And of course, look, the moment your boss starts looking for reasons why he shouldn't let somebody commute, the reasons are out there. I mean, Verizon just said, you can't telecommute practically unless you have your webcam on all day. Why? Because they were worried about people not being productive. And literally, some of them turned on their webcam and then walked back and forth the web in front of the webcam doing laundry and then we're surprised yeah. their boss is like what are you doing yeah and it's 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 not true for everybody there are many folks out there who are doing telecommuting and their boss is letting them telecommute at some risk to herself there are many managers out there who don't believe in telecommuting and if your manager happens to be one of those that lets you do it it's possible that she is eh, at risk the folks are talking about the fact that she's being a little too generous or that right. she's not on top of her people. And so she's got that going on in the background. And if you make it easier for folks to talk about you or you make it easier for her to have second thoughts, you're not doing yourself any favors. And you're certainly not right. doing her any favors. Yeah. So look, be on time in the morning, be at work, logged in, ready to work, already working when your boss would normally expect you to be in the office if you were in the office. Whatever commute time, yeah, you get that back, but don't slip and don't start sliding and don't say, well, the best time of the day for me to run my errands is if I dropped my kids off to school. And so therefore I'm going to start my out my day a half hour later, but because I don't have the commute time, because I don't have time to have to go out and have lunch with everybody else and so on. And because I'm at my desk more regularly, I'm not getting pulled away. It'll all work out. But that's the last thing you want. You want to be there, be on time, be on time to your conference calls, be on time to any external meetings, dial in early. Even VPs need to just demonstrate to people that they can be trusted. Good. Yeah. The second temptation of at-home workers is to do housework or personal chores in between pieces of work. And Mark, you already yeah. mentioned that a bit. I mean, it's easy to get up, put the laundry in the machine and start work. And then an hour later, machine buzzes. And so, oh, it's, yeah, it's only going to take me 10 minutes to put it back in the dryer. So you go upstairs, put it in the dryer, and then another hour later, well, it's only 10 minutes to fold it. And, well, while I'm, you know, after I'm finished folding laundry, I'm walking through the kitchen. So why don't I just do the dishes there as well? You can fall into this trap of just getting eaten up. So yeah. our advice is work your hours. I would say you work from 9 to 5. Work from 9 to 5. Yeah. Working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your employer is paying you for your time, right? The company is paying for that. She's not paying for you to do laundry, dishes, make beds, phone the bank, walk to the store, talk to your neighbors, sweep the yard, any of that sort of stuff. Now, look, it's not that we're against using the flexibility that working from home allows us, right? Our rule is you can work whatever hours you like as long as the work gets done. But we know 
that those 10 minutes here and there and there and there add up. And it's a slippery slope to giving the impression that you're not as crisp and professional at home as you are at work. And if you don't have a stellar track record and the boss could just as easily bring you back in, heaven forbid you lose the ability to, to telecommute because you didn't be, you weren't crisp about meeting your obligations. And I got to tell you, if your response is, oh, everybody's late. Yeah, you're right. Everybody's late to meetings and you're going to be the one person who dials in early. And, and when they check, they find that you're always there on time. You're coming across as a professional. Now, look, it's okay to give yourself a lunchtime to do your choice dur- chores during that time, just like you would in the office. But look, you can't work and fold laundry at the same time. Don't you dare fold laundry while you're on the phone with your boss or on a conference call. You just can't do it, so don't do it. Now, there's another side of this that we want to be fair to you about. The opposite temptation also appears for those of us who are type A and think of ourselves as really hardworking professionals. It's easy to get stuck into a piece of work and realize you started at 7 a.m. and it's now 7 p.m. and you haven't moved yet. Or you can still be answering email conveniently as a way of sending a message of you're really on top of things at two in the morning or to work on the weekends. Now, look, (laughs) Mike and I are certainly not against any of those things, but you've got to have some balance at the same way that we say you've got to be crisp and disciplined and professional about meeting, being on time and meeting your obligations at work. You also have an obligation to recognize that your spouse and your kids probably think mom or dad now work from home. My spouse now works from home. And that is always for the last 10 years, 15, 20 years, has always been a great thing. All of a sudden, you're more flexible. You're going to find that our recommendations will make you less flexible than your family wants. And so you're going to have to be disciplined about walking away from the desk at six o'clock on a Friday when just another hour and I'll finally have it done. Or you're going to like the project you're working on. You're going to disappear for two or three hours and your spouse is is going to begin to hate the fact that you have an office in the home. So make sure you stop on time as well as start on time. Yeah. Now you mentioned uh, a desk at home. I fell into this trap uh, years ago when I was doing some telecommuting, working from home. And I thought that I would enjoy work a little bit more if I, I could do it informally. So I could sit at the kitchen table or I could sit in the dining room table. And I found that didn't work at all. Literally, if I wanted to be productive, I needed to go into my office at my desk, sit in my office chair and get work done there. I could not, I could not be productive, you know, spread around the house as much as it sounded great. It didn't work. Yeah. Look, working at a desk and technically the dining room table is probably okay, but not enough of an okay. If you ask me tells your brain to engage for work. The problem is even if the dining room table tells your brain to engage for work, you're sitting up, you're not laying back, you're not lazing around. The problem is if you're sitting at a dining room table, you're probably in a high traffic area. And unless you're all alone, if you're all alone, then a dining room table is fine and you could spread out your work. Although I would recommend you clean it off at night and on the weekends. Otherwise, it'll feel like it's your office, it becomes your office overnight. But if you work at a dining room table and you have family members around, that will become a terrible place to work because of traffic. And because people don't think of you as being at the desk, you think of yourself as thinking about work, but that is not what they see. They see you sitting at the place you sit when they have Sunday dinner together. Okay. Sitting on the sofa with a TV on mute is not conducive to concentration. I'm at the second period of my life where I've had an office of my own in my house and on my property and have, have cable TV in my office 
and I literally can't leave it on because I get distracted. And it's not helpful. There's nothing on that necessarily helps me unless there's some really big business news, which frankly I can get through through the internet, through the Wall Street Journal or something like that, or through a news site. Okay? Look, even reading papers or magazines where you need to make notes will go better on a desk rather than sitting on a couch. I've experienced that as well. Don't use your knee. Don't use some other soft surface. Further, companies have desks and chairs which are ergonomically, if not perfect, at least better for you than a couch, okay? Working on a laptop on your lap is just not effective. It'll give you, it'll make your neck hurt, it'll make your back hurt, it'll give you eye strain. Working at a desk may feel slightly less comfortable, but it's better for you if you're going to have to spend eight hours a day doing it, okay? And look, in Europe, there are regulations about working from home where employers have a duty of care to ensure that employees are as safe as they are in the office, which frankly is a reason why there's a greater reluctance to to allow it in Europe. If working from home isn't allowed, or if it is allowed, it's often required to use the equipment which has been assessed by the agency as saying it's valid for, for work productivity. So find a desk, get a desk. It doesn't have to be a terribly big desk. It's okay to have one desk for work and one desk for a laptop, uh, but don't think you can work from a couch. Don't think you can work from any table. Recognize their limitations and having a space and setting it up is a way to send a message to your mind. I'm going to be productive. Yep. Talking about productivity, I, I read this recently and I know you read it as well. And I think it was in the revised edition of the four hour work week that we should oh, work gosh, slightly yeah. less hard when we're in the office and save results for when we're at home as proof that working from home was beneficial when we want to convince our managers that we should be allowed to work from home. What a crock. Yeah. Folks, it doesn't work. You have to be extra productive. You have to get more done than you would at the office if you want to continue doing what you're doing. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's just that, that's kind of devious guidance that just doesn't strike me as being our kind of stuff. But the fact is, when we're working from home, there's a suspicion that we're not working as hard, I've already alluded to that, that we're doing laundry, that we're napping, we're getting away with something. And the only way to allay that suspicion, uh, the, the primary way to allay that suspicion is to produce results. Being early, being on time, and being disciplined about things will also send that message over time. But the best way is to produce results. That's short-term reason. In the longer, in the longer term, some research shows that people who work from home can be overlooked for promotion. You know, the whole out of sight, out of mind thing we've touched on a couple of times. The way to overcome this is to produce results and, again, cultivate relationships, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But look, think about it, folks. This is career tools, right? This guidance, produce results, is the bedrock of all careers. Get results and develop relationships, and you will have success. It's just even more important to remember when your results are not immediately obvious to your boss in terms of output at work that he or she can physically see. And in terms of relationships, when the relationships decay even faster when you're not in the office every day. So whatever you do, whatever you do, assume that there's a slightly higher standard you have to meet. Presentations have to be crisper. And in fact, when you don't have the ability to print them, perhaps quite as crisply, your work has to be that much better. And I'm telling you something now, folks, I haven't, I've waited this long to say it in this cast, but I'm telling you now, there is a group of you, I don't know if it's 10% or 20% or 30%, I don't know, it's much more than 30%, that literally are not suited for working at home, who are not suited for being professional outside of the discipline of work. That's not a bad thing. It's just the way your clock works 
Okay, your, the way your body clock, the way your mind works and so on. But you need some discipline, the discipline opposed to fellow workers being around you and being part of a team. And you will tend to be undisciplined. And an undisciplined person who doesn't produce good results is going to be out of sight, out of mind and not get a chance to grow. So be aware of that. And if you think you might be that person, and I joke about executives with ADD, but if you're somebody who's easily distracted, you're going to need to work really hard on this to be really, really disciplined in the same way that, I know I can be good at spreadsheets, but because I don't like them, I have to be disciplined about how I look at them, okay? And other people have to be disciplined about looking at marketing plans or strategy or about management for that matter. So be aware of your strengths and weaknesses and approach it with the level of discipline you believe is necessary for you to achieve success. Yeah. Now let's go back to relationships though, because that's that's an area that folks have trouble with. I see it all the time, right? Somebody starts working from home. They, the conversations that they have with folks are on the phone, and they're generally shorter than conversations they might have in the office. There are people who you would normally have conversations with who sit next to you, who you meet at the coffee machine in the morning, you discuss football scores or last night's episode of of whatever show you watch. Right. Um, those things don't happen. Yeah, in your, your they don't home. happen, right? You you call to answer, to ask a question or to answer a question when you're at home and that chat is truncated. Somebody says, hey, real quick, what about X? And you say, uh, X is 25. And you say, how, how was your weekend? They say, good, thanks a lot, man, got to go by, right? Yeah, that's, it's normal, right? That's kind of what the phone does. Yeah, exactly. And, and it makes us a little bit more formal enough so that the informality of interspersing work and chats goes away. Now, look, that's not bad from a productivity standpoint, but productivity is not the only component of success. The other is relationships, and relationships suffer when we communicate less about some of the informal things that happen day to day. Right. And folks, if you're, in, if uh, I don't want to pick on IT because I'm an ex-IT guy, but if you're an IT or you're accounting or you're finance or you're an engineer or you have a set of behavioral patterns that aren't necessarily the most um, gregarious, you want to pay particular attention here. You, <laughs> you, f- folks like me, we have enough trouble with relationships as it is. We don't need to add to it by telecommuting and being stuck with worse relationships as a result of the degradation in the communications. Yeah, I'll tell you something else. I've seen it's it's pretty. I don't know that it's rare, but but when I've seen it, it's 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 frustrating. You get somebody who's not a natural people person. They're at home. They're not working on relationships. They begin to view, and I'm making uh, I'm not making this up, but I'm I'm stretching the idea a little bit here. They begin to view view the way they communicate with people as email. And there are a lot of technology people who just absolutely love that. And what you discover is they're email fiends and they're emailing everybody constantly and they're trying to get everything done through email. And and all the while, relationships are decaying, even though they feel like they're, quote, talking, unquote, to people all the time. And it hurts them, right? They think that just staying on top of things and asking people questions by email and and sending emails and updating people, somehow that that's actually good enough. And it's not. You've got to do more than that. So if you can, folks, go into the office one day a week or once every two weeks. We we don't want you commuting every day, right? But it's those interstitial moments that add texture and quality to the relationships. And those happen more easily when you're in each other's vicinity. A great example would be go in for your boss's staff meeting. If it's an hour or an hour and a half, away. Now, what I would recommend is you don't go in just the staff meeting and then leave. Go in, take your laptop and provide a little work internally as well as it does externally. Work from the office that day and run into people and say hello and and talk to them and, 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 and update your face with their face. Look, and at a minimum, look, if you don't go into the office, if you can't, please check in with your team and your boss at least once a week 
I mean, gee whiz. Use the Boss O3s cast, the one-on-ones with your boss cast, where we talk about it's really just an update meeting, as a template for a weekly update with your boss if you don't have formal one-on-ones. That, that's absolutely the way to do it. And many bosses say, well, you're telecommuting, and so uh, I, I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to do a one-on-one with you. It's like, no, 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 no. I still work for you. I still want to do my one-on-one. Okay, look, relationships suffer too when we communicate by telephone. We've already made a point about email, but it's true by telephone too. So, you know, we've all seen the statistics that say that about 75% of all communication is nonverbal. Because we don't have that initial additional information when you're on the phone, we have to work harder at listening and understanding both what's being said and what, frankly, what's not being said. So you've got to work on on overcoming that. You can do that by face-to-face. More email communications further degrades that, okay? Email is great for maintaining a relationship as long as the relationship is largely work-based, but it's not a great tool regarding creating relationships and keeping them strong. It's great for sending messages, and it's not bad. We like email. Mike and I and Wendy and Maggie and many, many people we know like email. Like they say about guns, though, guns don't kill people. People kill people with guns, right? Email doesn't break relationships. People break relationships. So just be aware and concentrate on your relationship building when you're communicating mostly by email or by phone and allow them to see your face periodically to increase the chance that that relationship stays strong. Yeah, I tell you, this this time we spent talking about relationships was probably not in relation to the importance yeah. of this particular topic. If this were a 40-minute cast, we could spend 35 minutes on this this aspect and not have spent enough time. Folks, pay attention to me here. This is important. If you're naturally drawn toward telecommuting, it's something you like to do. That means you're probably not a people person, and you need to focus on relationships even more. Matter of fact, if I were coaching you, I would tell you, don't telecommute, but that, that's that's, that's yeah. a whole nother. Well, actually, we have more casts to come. This was just about being professional, about the basics of professionalism, right? But we're going to talk. We'll, we'll have future casts about de- about developing and maintaining relationships for telecommuters. We'll talk about how you, you know, look, you got to be included in meetings. And there are people who are not included in meetings because you're a telecommuter. And there are ways to handle that as well. But this was just a basic start to give you some basic things relative to your career so that telecommuting can, telecommuting can help. And you reduce the chances that it hurts. So a quick wrap up. Um, you've got to make sure your technology works, even if that takes an extra day or two to get ready. Okay. You've totally got to act as if you're in the office. You got to be on time. You got to be early, really. You got to work your hours and you have to work at a desk. A big surprise for a lot of people. You've got to work hard at a higher level of productivity because your productivity will appear to be attenuated from a distance out of sight, out of mind. And you do have to work harder on relationships uh, because relationships decay. All relationships and all margins are always decaying. The way to keep them from decaying is to work at them. And that's it. Great. Thanks, my friend. My pleasure, partner. Yeah, we'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. We'll see you again next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.